On today's episode, Dave interviews actor Pete Gardner. Pete has been in the Transformers, Evan Almighty, Workaholics, and was a cast member with Dave in the long-running improv group, Stacy's Not Here. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. It's cool behind our house, and I really love that. I love that sound. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know some people would be like that it's it's kind of it's kind of like white noise. Well, know? I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be a problem. When I first moved here, I was thinking, this is going to fucking be a problem. And then I was thinking, why am I upset about that? Those are kids just being fucking kids. And they're, it's a happy sound. Right. It's a happy right. sound. It's like, they're all like screaming and yelling and they're like, wow, this right. is awesome. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But you can, if I wanted to make it a fucking problem, I could have. Right. The problem comes where the kids late at night are hanging out over here, smoking pot and spray painting the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Why are you fucking you don't graffitiing the sidewalk? No. And I have to admit, I've called the cops. Have you? And I sit by the window and I watch them come and just spend a lot of time with these guys, going through their backpacks and shit like that. I wonder, yeah, I, I agree, but then there's part of me, like I, the, I that just recently happened to me where somebody was doing something really bad and I knew that I should go over and say something, but I thought to myself, it's like, then I'm that guy. Well, you know, like, but, but it's all within, it's, it makes sense. And you should, I, I was on a boat out in a lake and I watched some people come out onto the lake and they turned their lights off in the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. So they could look at the stars and there were millions of stars out there and it was absolutely gorgeous. Right. But 20 years ago, no, 35 years ago or whatever, my brother was coming home from a party Uh-oh. On, in a boat uh-huh. and somebody had turned their lights off. Oh, no. And he hit the side of their boat. Who hit? My brother. Well, he was this, this other boat had their lights off, so they were just sitting idle in the middle of the lake. Uh-huh. My brother hit the back corner of the lake. The boat. Of the boat. Back corner of the boat. He jumped up. The boat literally jumped up in the air and the propeller tore... Uh, tore into the, the couch seat in the back. Oh, Jesus. There was a girl sitting Ooh. in that corner. Oh. And as he hit, she saw his lights. And as he, so she could feel the bow of my brother's boat go over her back. Like she could feel it. And she dove over the side. One of the other girls, uh, the, the siding from the, you know, whatever, the, the guards, the edge of the boat, that swung around and slashed her arm. No. And the guy, the kid that was driving, he was sitting, not in the driver's seat anymore, but he had moved over to the passenger seat, and the boat came and sat down on the driver's seat, and there's like, you know, the throttle is like yeah. a, a vertical thing, yeah. and that was crushed down, the steering wheel was crushed down. My brother, so then they got, they came off the side of the boat, they came around to see what they had hit, they didn't even know what they had hit, and they picked up all the, the people, and they brought them home, and you know, and my brother had a huge hole in the front of his boat, from the impact. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was taking on water. Uh, but so he still, but so he floored it and he came in. I remember watching him come in and, oh my this God, your older so brother. my older, older brother. Yeah. But so I know that. So and I know how important that is. Right. But there was part of me. What are you going to do? Are you going to call the cops on the boat with the, with the lights out? I mean, that's dangerous. Well, I know, but I could have, I know. Right. And, I, and I could have gone over there and been like, hey, you guys are morons. You should, you know, you should take care of that. Right. But there was a part of me of like, eh. They're never gonna, you know. Am I gonna change them? Right. Is that gonna is that gonna really make a difference? But so in a way, I feel like I don't know. I could have done something. Should have done something. Well, for me, I, like I look at. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm changing the sound here, you guys. 
so Ian, I'm changing the sound. Um, I'm just seeing what's going to happen here. I don't know. All right, good. Let's see. While you're the while we're recording, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and let's go back. So these kids, I'm also looking at. Yeah, that guy talk. talk Hello. Right? Yeah. Hello. Okay, fine. <laughs> Hello. All right, and we're back. Uh, for me, I feel like they leave trash out there. Um, they, spray painting is they leaving spray, a mark. And, right, exactly. And and so if they were just guys, because there's a couple guys that just hang out on their bicycles, and that's fine. Right. That's fine. But I, I totally understand about being, you kids, get off my lawn. Because you don't want to be that guy. Our neighbor, our neighbor recently, oh, this guy was real, he was a real douchebag. And he was always really mean to us, and we didn't know why. And then recently, uh, a fence between the two houses had broken, had fallen down. Mm-hmm. And so I went around and I was like, hey, I'm your neighbor next door. He goes, oh, you're the guy with all the parties. Oh, and I was like, oh, okay. Right. And I was like, well, I'd like to pitch in half for that fence. Maybe we could rebuild the fence. And he was like, really? Like, he totally didn't expect me to do that. He right. didn't expect me to be that guy. And then he complained about the things. And then there was part of me that really felt like he didn't really necessarily care about the noise. Right. But he just... Nobody likes to not be not 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 be invited, but not be a part of and hear somebody else having a good time. Right, especially if you live alone. Did he live alone? No, he, he has. He lives with his wife. He lives with his wife, and um, so I don't know. It's a bit, but then what was interesting? So then I talked to him for a while, and we kind of you know and he he gave me a bunch of sh you know gave me a bunch of crap for the parties and the noise and but, but how he could hear my smile. voice over anybody else's <laughs> and and so but then when we had the we had a birthday I had a birthday party back in May I know I was invited and, I and I go. let him I know it was a lot of fun yeah it was it was really fun uh, but anyway he um, I invited him. And I said, you know what? If you feel like, you know, you number one, yell over the fence before you call the police, you know? <laughs> and because the year before, he had called the police and it had been like a 70s uh, tennis outfit party or whatever. And the police came and they knocked on the door and I had like these tiny white shorts on and these tube socks that went up to my <laughs> knees and this uh, whatever, Thomas. this whole thing and the, the headband and the cops came to the door and I had been wearing that all night so I forgot that I was wearing it and they looked at me like we were having some kind of sex party in the house. <laughs> And they were like, you, that is porny. Yes, it was that's very porny. porny. You know what that is? Porny. That's that's Playboy uh, circa 1971, <laughs> 72. You know, like that. That's exactly what that is. Southern California having a porn party. Having maybe. a porn party. But I agree with you. The idea of somebody like wanting to be invited to it because my next door neighbor, they have a dog that barks all the time. And sometimes they have parties over there, and I'd really like to get to talk to them. But it's also the idea of. What you did when he said, you're the guy that has all the parties. You didn't go, fuck you, old man. You know what I mean? Because you just went, okay, what's this situation at hand right now? The situation is, I could either take this and be angry about it, or I could just open my, my eyes up and see what's happening. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And the other thing that's a little weird is that I did kind of have a little chip on my shoulder towards this guy because I don't know what happened or why this happened, but one like 10 years ago, not even, maybe five years ago, it was Christmas morning and we were goofing around and Matthew was making fun of me for something. That's your son. My, my son, Matthew. Uh -huh. And he was making fun of for me something and I was going outside to get something for like a second, like out in the backyard. Uh -huh. And I was sarcastically saying to Matthew, I was like, well, Merry Christmas or something like that, right? But I said it really loud to yell back into the house. Mm -hmm. And from their house, I heard, 
What the fuck did you just say? Oh, Jesus. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know why. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know how to respond. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond to that. Oh. And I didn't say anything. Did he come over to your birthday party? No, he didn't come over. He didn't come over to the birthday party. But it, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was a younger voice. I'm saying, I'm just I'm just adding different t- things. But you're saying right. that, that somebody from over there. Yeah, one of yeah. like his What's nephew, his but, son, or but whatever. But here's another thing. He might have been talking to somebody else. Right. <laughs> he might have been like shouting in the house. You know, what the fuck did you just say? Exactly. And both exactly. you guys are about to get into a civil war over. Right. Well, that's true. It's all communication. It's all right. like really... Yeah, I, that's so true. Don't you find that true to be uh, emails? People send emails oh all the time. Oh my god! And, they, oh my and it god. depends on what your headspace right, is right. of like how you're going to interpret those things. I've been very careful about that. Oh, I mean, when I'll, I'll look at one because when I was the artistic director at Second City, people would send me emails, and and I would go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, and and the thing that I would tell people is, if you're going to send out an email, make it as short as you can. And make sure nothing can be read in anything other than a factual way. Right. You know, because there is, the world of emoticons has not crossed over into where we need. Or the idea of a font that is, uh, so there's italicized, (laughs) there should be a font that should be sarcastic. Right, right, sarcastic. There's a font that's sarcastic. That's good. Or a font that's serious or a font that's quiet. The quiet font and you read it and you go, that should should be that. But I I totally get it. And it's, and. And the, also the idea of stepping back, reading something, stepping back and, and going, okay, that could be taken as, anything can be taken as negative. Yeah, what do you, you know mean, what I mean by that? Right, exactly, exactly. And if I say to you, I love you, you go, what the fuck do you talk, what? That sounded sarcastic. Exactly. You didn't really right, mean that. Right, exactly. But that's what comes off in improvisation where I'm telling students like, sarcasm is a lie and being polite is a lie mm-hmm. in scenes. Right. Because they're both not your truth. So when it comes to sarcasm, you know, somebody can read that and go, oh, you weren't being sarcastic. How do I know you're fucking being sarcastic? Right. I don't have It's just, it's all the interpretation. It's all the situation. Right. And it's also me coming into it going, well, you couldn't, you know, you're Pete. You're not going to get angry at me. You know what I mean? You're not going to send me that email. And I will get on the motherfucking telephone and I will go, dude, what are we doing here? I've gotten a text wars. With ex-girlfriends. Really? You know, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, we're having, send, ding, send, ding, send, ding, 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 going, let's stop this, stop yeah, this, stop yeah. this, stop this. Because it's all misinterpretation. I think I, what I always do is I always delete the last two sentences that I write. Because I always find that I always put a little zinger at the end just to kind of get my point across. <laughs> right. And then I take them out. Because, oh. Because I don't, it's not worth it. No, it's no. It's not worth it. No. And we were talking about this earlier and I kind of want to get back to this, is that we were talking about friends, especially long-term friends. Right. I don't think it's worth, honestly, I don't think it's worth getting into fights with people really over anything. Because I just don't like having that bad vibe out in oh, the world. Oh, I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I would rather be at peace with every. Because that's the way also I, I kind of have lived my life recently is... I let people come into my life, mm-hmm. and I let people go out of my life. But that's true of anything that you have coming into your life. I let this information come into my life, and I let this information go out, as opposed to grabbing onto every every single thing. Right. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's going to listen to every, like, not listen to, but what do you mean by that? Analyze, what do you mean by that? Right. Analyze, what do you mean by that? Right. But, right, okay, so friends come in and friends go out. Well, friends come in and friends go out, but 
I feel that you always have to keep that door. You have to keep that door always open mm -hmm. and for anybody, no matter how they've offended you, no matter how they've hurt you, and uh, to a degree. Now, but the, the, we're talking about we're talking about friends, like like ten years in, right? Twenty years in, right? I, I think you really love these people, and I think that even if they've hurt you. There's always room for re reconciliation. Well, and the reconciliation isn't, it, it, uh, uh, what, what's the phrase, forgive and forget? So that phrase, I don't, I think that if you have had, an, if you have had, forgive and forget, if you have had a, um, a, a, an argument with somebody, yeah. all right, and, and, and it's a consistent thing that they keep arguing with you and keep arguing with you, you're going, you know, this relationship needs to not, it, not right. that it needs to end, it needs to be adjusted. Right, right. Well, that's true. But this is what I do. I kind of let them go on their way. Right. And let them God bless. Kind of, but, but also, but then when they feel that they want to talk to me as, you know, treat me with respect or be nice to me or whatever right. like that, they're more than welcome back. Right. And and I do believe in forgive and forget because I forget things all the time. I forget things that like had happened 20 years ago. Some people hang on to them like whatever, but there's no reason. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. There's you're no right. reason you're to right. hang on to Yeah, stuff. you're right. And, also, and the thing is, the love that you have between those people is way more important than being right. Right. And that, correct. Yes. Yes. It's just it and is. They aren't that same person that they were when you had that big argument. Exactly. Exactly, people. Because grow I'm all the not time. that same person right. that I was. Exactly. And for for you to say to me, "Hey, Dave, how's how's your bar mitzvah going?" I'm like, I haven't bar mitzvah. <laughs> that was 40 years ago. You know, you might as well say that because it's like I'm not at that stage. Right. Why would you treat me like I'm 13, <laughs> or why would you treat me like <laughs> the person I was two years ago? Exactly. Or, or the 20 years was, ago. Or yesterday. Right. Or yesterday. Or yesterday, where you know, because I'm not that person. But it's about. I think it's what you and Susie, your wife, do do really well. It's like you guys are just so open and you're so accepting and you're so welcoming and your well, I've house learned is... that from Susie. I I really transformed who I was a lot from getting to see the way Susie dealt with people mm -hmm. and it made me just I realized I could be so much more open. Right. Just that I could give more. Well someone would because you are you're feeling trust in that the person that is listening to you are with you you're trusting that they're going to hear you and they're going to accept you and they're not going to judge you and they're going to be with you and help nurture you and all those things. It's just so important to have those people in your life. Yeah, and the great thing too is that when people go out of your life and you miss them, but you know that they're doing their thing and right. they're off doing their thing or whatever, but when they come back into your life, it's such a gift. Oh, It's I such know. a gift. I mean, I've had people that have come back. And then there's people that I reach out to and you can just tell they're just not ready to mm -hmm. come back into your life for whatever reason. Right. And you know, it's it's all good. But but what we were talking about earlier was having room in your life and not having room in your life. But and having room for that friendship or not having yeah. room for that friendship. And I think that that room is always open. I, I yeah, understand. They can always come back and put their, their backpack I down. feel that that statement that I had that we were talking about before we started recording was, live, was me living in lack, as if there is a finite space for friends. And it's like, if I get you as a friend, I got to get rid of two other friends because you're that <laughs> strong as a friend, you know? <laughs> like, but, <laughs> oh my gosh, I know? wish it were that way. I don't think it works that way. But. No, it doesn't. But what I'm saying is I was thinking in that way. Right. Um, and, and, and again, because I, uh, Peter Marietta, Marietta was sitting in that chair. We we're talking about the same situation, the very same situation. And Marietta was saying the same sort of things like, let's just, I mean, can't we just, why don't we just, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and it's, it's fucked up. 
I, that the feeling of, boy, you really hurt me, but the honesty in saying, boy, you've really hurt me. You know what, and though? Then, it takes a lot of balls to say that. Right. Because you're really revealing yourself. And to say it in a way that you, that you just got to say it. You're not expecting anything to be back in return. So if I say to you, boy, you really hurt me, I got to know that I'm saying that for me. Right. I'm not saying that to get that, for you to go, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Right. That's never going to happen. You're never going to change that other person. No, you're never going to change that well, other person. Well, you can let them know. Unfortunately, I'm not that evolved. My thing still is I just let people go away. I don't, uh -huh. I, and I just give them room. I don't, I'm never mean or I don't talk badly about these people, but I just let them just kind of, when they're ready to be nice, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to be accepted. Well, how do you And know? also I found out about myself is that, and I didn't know this about myself, but somebody pointed it out to me, is that I really do want everything. I just want everybody to be happy. Yes. You know? And no, I, I get I, that. You know? And I think of myself as being like, no, I, I don't care, whatever. And I do like to help people when they have problems or something like that, you know, to help them solve their problems. But I really genuinely just want everybody to have a good time. Right. <laughs> when, that's <laughs> Which what is not a great thing. I mean, that's not wait, very... Wait, what do you mean? Well, I mean, that's not very, like... I, I just realized that about myself. is like I really... You know, I just don't want to... I don't want to deal with the negative. I just want to keep it positive. I want to keep the positive spin going. Like so I, what you're saying is you don't engage in the anger. Yeah, I can't. Right? The confront, confrontation. Right. The confrontation, I don't want to get into it. But I don't think that's right. I don't think that that's being honest. I well, think I think that there's, there's a point where you go, the confrontation, because the confrontation for me is merely a fact. Okay, so when I think about this, I think, have I seen you angry? Have I seen you frustrated? I've seen you frustrated. I've seen you frustrated when we've had Stacy's Not Here rehearsals, you know, the group that we were in for 13 years. Right. And, and it's like, well, I don't know if that's a good idea. Right? Whatever it's going to be, I've seen you get that way. I've gotten that way in that group, God knows. And, um, and, and yet, I, it, the, the thing is, that was the situation in that moment at right. that moment. And that moment called for you to engage in that emotion. Right. And also, a lot of times that I've discovered is sometimes I didn't understand the other person's point of view completely. Right. You know, so then you're kind of hearing it halfway and you, you kind of are. But also, do you have to understand that person's point of view? Do you really need to, or do you, do you just gotta? Do you just have to say, I, you know, that's your that's your point of view. I don't get it, and I'm okay with not getting it. Well, the only thing is that I like collaboration. I love the feeling of if I did understand that person's point of view, maybe I would be like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. Let's so, do that. So, but there's there, there's a surrendering that you have to do in order to go. Okay, I don't know what it is that you're talking about, but lead me through it. Right. Right. Lead me through whatever idea you've got. Yeah. Just lead me through it. Yeah, and I don't think that a, a, earlier on that I was as open to that, and I felt like mm, that I was somehow losing ground, or like I your, was your being steamrolled, right? Or, or but but the, but but it was more about no, it's so much. I mean, it could be ego is probably correct, but I felt more hurt and being steamrolled than I did feel that I was listening. So anyway, I feel like I'm working more on just letting go of the ego mm -hmm. and not, it doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't matter. It's also more of what we were talking about earlier about being 40 and you feel less, it's less important of like, you're right. Right. You know, they, 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 we should do it my way. It's about me. It's about whatever. And I feel like I understand what we were doing in improv all those years. That whole philosophy resonates so purely to me now of like just giving over and surrender. Right. 
Right. And it's all about trust. Right. So, but being, you can trust the other person. But the only thing that I feel about improv right now, I just don't, it doesn't excite me like it used to because what really excited me when we would do Stacey's Not Here, when we did Jazz Freddy, when we did all these, when I did Pete and Paul, was... With Paul Valancourt. With Paul Valancourt. Mm-hmm. TV's Paul Valancourt. Is he TV's Paul Valancourt? Oh, yeah. What is he doing? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch TV. And he goes, Aren't you, I, didn't you know he leads the NBC News? <laughs> no, but what I loved was I loved the idea, and this is why I go back to what we were just talking about about hearing, really understanding somebody else's idea. So I love doing things that are new. So why why is that? It's not exciting you right now because you I don't just have... don't feel I don't feel the drive and the collaboration to do something new. I feel like the drive and the collaboration is to do what works and do what we've done so that it will be, you know, it'll be funny again. But I don't, what I'm actually talking to somebody about doing right now, and this sounds kind of scary to me and, and also kind of like, oh, this will never work. But then I love that. When we would do Stasis Not Here, I loved the idea that we didn't know how this new, whatever we were going to try was going to work. Right. And then when we would figure it out, we would do like, Four or five more shows, and that would be the end of the run. And I loved that because it was like we right. figured it out, right. and then we right. did it. We did it a couple of times, but I didn't want to do that repeatedly over and over and over again. But so I was talking to this guy about doing improv, and this is a guy, a director, Stuart Rogers, that I've worked with uh, doing plays, and he wants to try to do improv that's not necessarily funny. Right. And everybody said that for you know ever, and that, and I think that part of improv that makes it interesting is because the story is something that's been rehashed that, like somebody saw in a relate. movie or something oh, they read in a book really? i mean the work well, that we did it comes from it comes from somewhere i know it comes from somewhere but you even felt the work that we did was derivative because aren't you saying that it's derivative i think a little bit i don't know I but don't know. but what isn't i mean even the work that you're talking about doing and i don't want to i don't want to yuck your yum but i would say even the even the work that you're that you're talking about doing with Stuart rogers Stuart yeah. rogers that this gentleman Stuart Rogers, there's a there's going to be a derivativeness about that because Absolutely. you can help it, and it won't be funny. So that sounds like a disaster. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 I know, no, but that's no. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying exactly. Right. Is that it will be derivative, and it won't be good writing, and so, you know, what will it be? How do you know that? I don't know, I, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's what's exciting to me. Is like, wait, how do you know? Where, I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay. What do you mean? I mean, when you, are you well, excited? Well, the reason that I'm saying is I'm saying drama is, is interesting because it's well-written. And, and things come up that you didn't expect. And, and people go places and take chances that I don't know that improvisers would necessarily do. Now, who are you talking about? When you say you don't think that improvisers, are you lumping me in with Guy Smiley, who's like a brand new improviser in, no, no, no. you know? Because well, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because I think that we challenge each other. I think, I think that's that we, true. we I think challenge right. each other, and I think that there is a a a a, a level of actor. I'm not, I'm not saying they're great. I'm just saying there's a level right. of actor that a pool of us that are good actors that can improvise in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a grounding that we have and a connection that we have. And I don't put myself in the category with those other people who are doing no, the no, fucking dog No, no, no. And I think show. that that's why I always love playing with you. And I think that that's what was so great for me was that you were our first coach and I really felt like I understood at, at, the whole thing at the Improv Olympic back in, back in the day. 80s? Late 80s, 87, right. 88, something uh-huh. like that. And when we played together so you basically 
your philosophy came like went through me, mm -hmm. and that's the philosophy I started with. And of course, it was through you know Del Close's teachings as well. But so when we played together at uh, Bang doing Stacy Not Here, I felt like we were in total harmony, right? Because I always felt that we never had to be funny if we didn't want to be like right. We, but I feel like I don't know. I think that like especially if you say like funny's off the shelf. You know, I guess that he's not really saying that, but you know what I mean? Right, like, because you're not saying that, and nothing is totally dramatic either. Right, I know, but I don't know, it just sounds like the kiss of death because, you know. The kiss like, of death, when, when you say the kiss of death, you mean that in a good way. Do you mean that in a good way when you say the kiss of death? Because that's where I'm going, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay, I just feel like, I, I, obviously. Are I'm you saying judging. that you enjoy the kiss of death? Are you saying yes, it's the kiss of death? I do, Fine. I do enjoy the kiss of right. death, but then there's another part of me that's just like, I don't know, you see, that's always a mistake. That's always a mistake. When you start to judge or conjecture what other people are going to think watching it. Right. That's when right. you get it. So right. that's what I'm really talking about. Well, Jason about. Pardo put together that uh, show. I forgot the name of it. Uh, we did it at IO, and it was just taking a news article of somebody dying, who, who died, a real news article, and then making that the show. Right. You know, and using that as a show. That's cool. And he says, it's not necessarily funny. And I think the first time that I did it, I was kind of following everybody else. And then Jason gave us notes afterwards saying, um, we're saying that it, we're not saying it's not funny. Right. Our intention is not to make it funny. And an audience is going to read into it whatever the fuck they want to read into it. But I'm not going to play into that skill set of making people laugh that I know, that you know, right. that we know how to do so well. Right. Right? So at that moment, you know, but I've done work with Eric Honeycutt. I've done work with you. I remember doing work with you when we did the Summer Arts, where mm -hmm. we had scenes that were just the two of us in this scene. And they were strong and focused and, and awesome right. because of the acting. Yeah, I, I know, and that's what I really enjoy, but I I don't know. It'll be interesting. Because also I won't have, because I don't know who he's talking about getting to do it, but there's something about knowing you, like when I would work with you, you never quit. You know, like there's, a, there's this feeling of like, I know Dave's going to hold, that's the same thing with Paul Valancourt, right. when I worked with Paul Valancourt, is I never had to feel like, well, if this doesn't work, I you know I gotta keep Paul in the air. I know you know I know he's got it and that he can keep going and going. Right. And they know you could keep going and going and going. Because you keep going and right, going. Right. I can't do that by myself. No, 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 nobody can. But but there's that feeling. You also have worked with people that they're like, I don't know. I didn't know right. what was happening, so I kind of pulled back and I got oh, out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you're like, yeah. what do you mean? You right. got out of it. Or they become meta, and they right. go start, start talking about, oh, in this scene, you're going to be doing this to me now. I'm going, where did you go? Why well, the fuck did you, you go there? Me, you, you bailed in front of all these fucking people. And you look at that, you go, okay, so the, the lesson in that is one lesson. I will never play with that person again. That's the lesson. And what it is, is a great lesson. I will do that night where you will go, I'm sorry I bailed, or I'm sorry I got meta, or I got meta, or you don't even know what the fuck meta meant. And you just do that, and, and I go, okay, great. That's great. That's perfect. That's fucking great. Let's get a drink and never talk about the show again. <laughs> but the only problem is with that is that there's a lot of those people out there. And your, your field of people that you want to work with 
gets down to a very but isn't small that true? Group. Isn't that? But that's true of anything. It, because when you, because at that moment, what I'm doing is I'm auditioning you. <laughs> but I'm not doing it in a judgment way. I'm, I'm enjoying the time well, we're the having. Well, word audition has Well, judgment. you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but what I'm doing is I'm saying, do I want to play with you? Because there's certain, but it's also about friendship, too. We do the same thing in friendship, where I go, okay, you and I are going to have some coffee, and we're going to go, okay, and then I'm going to drive home going, that was a lot of fucking work. Right, You know, right, like right. we had coffee, and I had to keep bringing it up, or he didn't listen to me. Right. You know, it's the same thing in a scene. It where is. the relationship that we have is, I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to, oh, okay. So so um, so you got that shirt on, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Very meta. And you go fine, and then you're you're doing that, right? Uh, and you go, I'm not going to do that again. Or and when I do, if I do see you, I'll engage in that. But don't you? I, I but then I I put it on myself when I feel like that those. Because it seems like everybody else is playing fine with those people. And they're all having a good time. Uh -huh. And then I'm like, Are they? I don't know. I don't know. I, honestly, I think most people do improv after 35 just to be funny in front of people, you know, just to remind themselves that they're hilarious. You? No. Me? I, I know, but when we're. When Evan? I, when I play, no, but when I, when I play with people. Don't play with I, those people. I know, but I, I, I feel like it's me, it's not them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to. But see, but then you, then you start to move away from improv because you're like, I just I don't move away from them. I don't move away from improv. I move move away from those people. I know, but then you're only working with like this handful of people that are like when the you know, I feel like you should be able to play with anybody. anybody. I can play with anybody, but uh, but the thing is, but I'm, I don't I'm, choose to. So then you don't end up doing it. But here's another thing: I'm only going to play with those big, if I'm not having a good time. I'm not going to play with you again. I know, but I feel like I, I feel like then then that just. Limits the pool to the very small thing. And but there are a lot. But but they're great people that you That's don't know true. yet. That's so true. I'm gonna you know because I'm working with Jill Bernard. I don't know if you know Jill. Okay, I'm working with Jill Bernard. I worked with her in Minneapolis, and now we're doing the Out of Bounds, uh, the festival that we went to that is now called the Out of Bounds Festival that that is in the same city, Austin, Texas, where the the big. I did not was. go to that. You didn't go to that. I had some job, but I did do the benefit for that, where somebody I think it was my wife came up with the great idea that I would shine people's shoes to raise money for that. And I shined Kevin Crowley's shoes at that benefit. Where was that benefit? Oh, I don't know. Was I there? I think you, a I benefit know. for. It was a benefit to go to Austin, like oh, to raise money I to see. go to Austin. I see, but you didn't end up going. I didn't end up going, right. but I still shine people's shoes, Kevin so Crowley's you people shoes. could go. Exactly. Jesus! So what was I thinking? At this fest, I'm going to be the Out of Bounds fest. I keep meeting new people. Mm -hmm. And I keep meeting people that oh, I've heard so much about this person and that person and this woman Jet Eveleth, you know Jet? I don't know. All right, she's a. She, I've heard so much about her. You know, coming. She came out of Chicago and she came over here and I watched her improvise. And they do a show called Home, House Home at Second City, mm -hmm. and it's a it's an ensemble cast and it's serious improv. I mean, it's it's not it's non comedic. Right. You know, there are funny things in it, but there's entrances and exits, and it's just one long fucking story. And it's really intriguing. That's awesome. It's really intriguing. So some people are doing it. So then it's, it, it's totally... I mean, when we used to do Jazz Freddy, I always felt that it was more like that. Cause, but you know what it really boils down to? And this is, the, this is what it really boils down to. It's not so much the personalities and the people. Honestly, I think I could and love to play with everybody. I like rehearsal. 
Uh I like to work with people and build that trust Uh and build that lexicon of we know what we're doing together and we know what we're like what we're aiming for what we're what we're trying to do as a piece right as opposed to you and I had a good scene and she and him had a good scene and that was a pretty good show I don't like that that's not (laughs) worth it but I do love it when you were like oh I didn't know what was happening and you came in at the end and you were the doctor that was great I love that feeling right but but that's because we know we have a shared experience that we know we're trying to do this thing we're trying to do the whole show backwards or whatever we're trying to do right we're all on the same page I like rehearsal Right. I like rehearsal because when we did Jazz Freddy, and Jazz Freddy was another example and a fantastic example of who is in it. Knew these people, uh, Kevin Dorf and Keckner and Pat Finn and uh, Teresa Mulligan and all these great people, but I didn't know them. Right. They were all. I knew Kevin Dorf like I'd seen him. I had a couple of beers with him, but I didn't know him. Right. I hadn't really seen his work. I had already. Left did you him direct probably. that or you? I directed it and was in it. Uh huh. And but the rehearsals fantastic right and these people did amazing stuff that they would I don't even know if they would ever do it again because it was very revealing and very much like acting more than and this was early on I mean this is 91 right and these people revealed themselves right and shared these great scenes I know I've seen it I've seen it but but it was such a wonderful experience because we all trusted each other and so then when we did stuff in front of an audience it was fantastic, but it wasn't even close to what we did in rehearsal. Nowadays, it's hard to get people together for a Oh, that's impossible to do get people together right. for rehearsal. Right, like, right. Nobody wants to rehearse. It's not just that. Oh, but you know what? You've got kids, and I'm, I'm t- you've got kids, and Marietta's got a job, and, and Evan's got kids and a job, and you've got a job, and you have kids, and Dee's gone, and Teresa's got a job. It's like, what the fuck? And I'm sitting here going, there's always time for rehearsal. I, I was always. You're right. You're right. There's always time, especially because if you're gonna do a good show, you should rehearse and you should right. you should have it together, and it makes such a difference. I, my son Matthew started. Uh, he's at the Improv Olympic now, and he's on a on a Herald team, which is the greatest feeling in the world to have seen that come full circle. <laughs> oh my god, my son! And I, you know, there's part of me that thinks that I'm still 21 right. and doing Heralds and How that kind of stuff. Work? And then to see my son <laughs> now become 20 and doing uh, doing things, but I've watched his team, and that was really difficult to, to watch the team and be like, well, oh, they got to work on their opening, you know, but I don't see what they're doing there. But biting my tongue because I didn't want to be that dad that right. was like, you know, the... How old were you when you started? 21. 21. 21, 21, 22, something like that. And that's where, yeah, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. You know, it's like the, 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 the softball team or whatever when the dads come up and you're like, you know, my Billy should be playing second base. Exactly. I, I, let me tell you, I was playing second yeah, base. Yeah, I, and I know how to play back in the day. I mean, exactly. you, know, you really need to work on is your right. opening. But I, uh, I didn't, I didn't really say anything. And, uh, but it's been amazing to keep coming back and watch him, and it's because of the rehearsal and because they're working on their stuff. Right. They've gotten so good. Right. And it's just so amazing to see. And that's what I used to love about teaching. When I used to teach was I used to watch people walk in the door and just be like, no idea what's going on, not listening to each other, just not getting it whatsoever. And then after just a few weeks, all of a sudden, and then my favorite thing in the world was to watch the light bulb go on. Yes, I know. People would just be like, oh. Because so many people think that improv is, you gotta do all these crazy things, you gotta keep all these balls in the air, and it's really not. It's more about narrowing your focus to think about three things. 
or two things. Not even or think about to things. feel one thing right. and to pay attention to your partner. Right. And I love what you said about them getting it, like that light bulb going off. Because uh, I've talked about this before, and uh, Richard Label asked me to, whenever whenever I said. In, in the podcast, if I said, I've talked about it before, not to talk about it. <laughs> um, but I'm going to talk about it. And uh, that is... You can't the be a slave to Rich Label. I know, I know, I know. But he's, uh. he's like a mascot that's never here, a sidekick <laughs> that, that is here in my mind. Um, <laughs> so what that, that idea of uh, uh, where I say something to somebody and a student goes, no, wait a minute. And then you, they go, no, wait a minute. Oh, oh, oh. And I go, that's worth fucking everything right there because I could not force that upon you. You've opened yourself up to and heard what it is that I'm saying to you Mm -hmm. and you get it. I think also the thing that's super important for somebody that's teaching, I I think it's the criteria that is above anything else, is you have to be able to see your teacher do it. Right, right. You're just going to do it in a void. Right. Because if they know you can do it, number one, they're going to listen. Right. And number two, I think that as an improviser, you discover new things all the time in your life. Oh, that's what Dell meant. Right. Or whatever. Right. But, but you're like, you're, it's almost like you're taking information from the front lines and bringing it back and be like, this is what I discovered. Right. And then the greatest thing I think as a teacher is when stuff comes out of your mouth that you didn't even hadn't thought of before and you're like oh wow like right. it's a discovery that you and I think that that's the best kind of for teaching. me but that's one of the reasons that I'm teaching is because I'm learning but I'm also but but I, I, I and I feel like my class is a show mm-hmm it's it's a performance that I look at and go oh man I, I just said that that was really a fucking fun thing to say you know really really fun thing to say um, but it is it is all the, it is all those things and opening yourself up. I agree. I agree that the that you, you've got to see your teacher perform because if you don't, you don't watch them put into action that which they've said to you. Right, and you got to see if they tell the line. Right, exactly. Because it just can be like words or rules. See, that's the other thing too. Is I think so many people teach improv or acting or whatever with all these rules. Right, and and and. Art has nothing to do with getting it right. Right. And that, that's art funny. has nothing to do with getting it right. That's fucking awesome. It's the truth. It's like, it's so not about that. It's, it's all about your experience and what you're bringing to it. But it's, it's, there's nothing about like, you do this, you do that, you do this. And then you've got a good scene. Well, I think that that's the issue that I have with certain schools where there, there's a structure that I look at. I look at the structure that they have and I go, you have that, really? There's a structure? And so teach. Teachers are teaching students this, and I don't mean a structure like the Herald. I mean, you start a scene with this, you then go to that, you then go to this, you then go to that. There are people that we know that teach in that, where the first 90 seconds of the scene needs to be this, and the first 45 seconds of the scene needs to be that. I'm going, what the fuck just happened? Right. I don't have a stopwatch, I don't have a chronometer, I don't have a timer, I don't have, like what? But then that person, that person is on stage, and that was the thing I always thought was so important, is not to overload them to the point, or even give them too much negative feedback, because then they're just in their heads going, I've got 90 seconds to get this right. done. And, and I haven't told them what they're wearing yet. And right. I haven't told them <laughs> right. what their job is or their occupation is right. or what's my thing. So Careful I this think dog. That's, that's Chips. That's the cutest dog in the world. I love that. That's Chips. She's, she's, she's my neighbor. And I just love her so much. Um, she stayed over last night. She was <laughs> she really? Yeah, yeah. Stopped yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, Bennett will open the door. And goes. I'm going to play tennis, and we'll leave the door open, and then Chips and I will just hang out. Oh, that's really fun. That's well, nice. if we were Instagram friends, you'd see. Um, uh, but I, I, yeah, that 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 
Lately for me, I stop scenes right away in my class. I'm going, if you're going off the rails, I'm going to stop you now because if I let that scene go totally off the rails, there's no way you're going to come back. We, right. You're not going to get what it is that you did. To overload them, um, that's the, the reference to uh, too much negative feedback or right. too much, like all that stuff. They go, I'm going to stop you now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, why don't you let the scenes go on? Because like, they're going to go into duty town. Right. You know what I found the, always to be a, a good thing was to have them tell you back how the scene went right after they're done the scene. How'd you think you did? That? How'd you think you did? Right. How'd, you, how'd you feel that that went? Right. I feel like that that is so helpful because initially they're going to be like, I don't know, you tell me, how did it go? Right. And, <laughs> and that's what everybody's going to do because that's, that's everybody feels that it's like, it's the other, it's the audience's experience that, that that's what matters. Right. But it's your experience and so you have to be like, so how did it feel? Mm -hmm. And so that as they're doing scenes, they can also be, you know, looking at their own scene as they're doing it and thinking to themselves, oh, I, I have, I've been asking a lot of questions. Right. I've been doing it so that they can start to diagnose themselves. Right. And start to think like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I got to give some more gifts. I got to, I got to get back in there. I got to help out. I think an interesting thing that you said was like, like you said, how did, how did, how did you feel about that scene? You didn't say, how do you think that you did? Right, because, because how I, do you feel is different than how do you think that you did. Yeah, because also I don't think there's, uh, honestly, I've gotten totally away from there's a good scene and there's a bad scene. Right. I think that about acting too, oh, yeah. I've, gotten over, I've gotten over any sort of like, I thought that was really good. Right. Because who knows? You've, also, I'm, I'm open to, we're going to probably do that scene again and it'll be different the next time. Right. So it's like, I don't get married to, because I used to be very married to, that was good, that was bad. Right. And I, I would, especially in acting, I would be like, well, that was good. And then I would try to repeat. And then that's death. It's death. death. Well, it's also, when you try to repeat that scene, you're doing that by yourself. Your partner isn't trying to repeat right. that scene. They didn't like that specific thing that you did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you touched your head and thought. Exactly. Right, uh, right. So you, you being up there by yourself is very different than when you're collaborating with somebody right. in a scene and saying, well, I'm going to do that again. Because these days, I just feel like, let's go. Let's go. Let's right. just go. Let's go. And let's see what's going to happen. But that is an older person's game. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I also found, I mean, we were talking about improv and about, you know, the pool getting smaller of who you want to work with and all that kind of stuff. But the other thing that I found is that I actually enjoy acting more than I ever did before. I used to have a real, like, not a chip on my shoulder, but I... I really saw them as very separate things for right. some reason. No. I thought improv was art. Right. And I just loved it. And I loved all the people that I worked with. And acting was a job. Acting was commerce. I, it was commerce. And right. that's and then also that's what I became very focused on was, you know, how many show, how many jobs have I gotten? Right. How much money did I make? Right. Was I top of show guest star? Was I a series regular? Was I recurring? Like that became all that was all that it was. And that's what I was focused on. And I had lost all the art in that. Right. And so I went back and started to recultivate the, the art of it. And not recultivate. Yeah, I don't recultivate? Know. I don't know. Or just realize that it's all one thing. No. I really went back and really, I went and studied in class again. I see, I see. And re kind of, re like dug up the garden and went back at it. Right. And realized just that how I was looking at it was just, I, I had these things so separate. And then what I've really learned now is to really, the thing that's different with, the only thing that I find is different with acting and improv is. Money. You no. Know, <laughs> but you know the situation. You know the situation that you're going into. 
with with with, with, with scripted pieces. With scripted pieces. Yeah. And you can spend some time right. and think about that situation. Right. You can think about your character and you can think about the the relationships that you have and you can think about the past that you've shared with these people. Right. You also can think of your expectations what are you of expect- how you think this scene is gonna go. Okay, fine. Right? And you can also think of In a them. class you're talking about or in a, in a show. Or anytime. Got it, got anytime. it, got it, got it, got it. But, but that's, this is the homework that you can do. Right. And then, but then, the things that make them so completely the same is that when, even though that you know what the lines are, Right. We're totally uh-huh. improvising. Right. And the better the person is that you're playing with. What's better mean? Better. Hmm, See, right now you're at that. Word. That's the wrong word. Yeah. Uh, the more trusting the other person is that uh-huh. you're playing with. So in other words, they're not afraid for themselves. Right. They're they're willing to do. They're in that you. moment they're with really you. They're really playing with you. They're playing with you and not their expectations of where the scene needs to go right. or should go. And when I say expectations, uh, expectations of how this thing's going to go. I mean the character's expectations, I not my expectations. Got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Got but but so but you've done all that work. Right. Right? Right. And then you get to play with this other person in that moment. In that moment. Right. And it's all it's just on. Right. You know, you can really play with this other person and also because it's all scripted you know that you're going to go places you kind of know where like where it could go, but then the great thing is is that it's never going to be the same. <laughs> no, no, no. And no, you no. never try to. Right. And I think in, in Chicago, when I was doing theater in Chicago, I was doing TV commercials and doing theater, and I learned some really bad habits from commercials, which is commercials, they want you to be a robot. Right. They want you to do it the exact same way, yes. over and over and over and over again, right. and you're praised for that. Right. And the other thing I always felt in that, uh, kind of from improv, was that I would play a character. Like I really love, like I got a lot of praise in Chicago for, oh, that was such a great character you did. Right. And so I started to develop this idea of like, I'm playing this guy, you know. That, but then what I've learned now is like, it's always me. Right. It's always me. Right. Even if he has an accent or if he has <laughs> right. a whatever, it's right. always me. Right. And that's the truth. Right. You know, that's when the truth that's starts. The truth. To right. That's the truth. Right. And that's when the work gets that's when you realize at that moment that this isn't as hard, this does not need to be as hard no, as making it. No, it doesn't need to be hard at all. And, and well, you wh- just have to open. And that's, that's the whole hard. thing, that you think you've got to go outside of your experience yeah, yeah. or put something on as opposed to it's all inside of you and let that come out. But, but, that's very scary. Yes. It's very scary to really, because I think, and I, I, people have disagreed with me about this, but, being funny sometimes is a shield. Right. Like, I'm going to make fun of myself before anybody can make fun of me. Right. Oh, I you get know? that. You know? Yeah. And so there's a shield of not being vulnerable, not being seen for who, like, being seen the way you really are or being exposed. But acting, that's what it's all about. Right. And you it's get to be in that. Oh, yeah, but it's scary as hell. I was doing a play. I was doing a play in Burbank, and I had to, it was about a dad about a dad and his son. Well, actually, the story was, it wasn't about the dad. The story was two <laughs> As soldiers. As far as you were concerned. <laughs> that was the dad, right. But uh, there were two soldiers in Fallujah uh-huh. in, in Iraq. And one soldier kills the other, uh-huh. fratricide. And they, the dad's trying to get to, he's trying to you know, get answers as to what happened. Why did he die? Or, or why did this guy kill him? And so... It's a long, involved story, but my my scene takes place with the commanding officer. So it was three scenes going on. At are the you same and time. who are you? You're a dad. I'm the dad of the kid that was killed. Got it. Uh, so we're seeing 
the two kids. What's this play? It sounds familiar to me. Uh, it's called Old Glory. Okay. And it was written by Brett Nebu, who's a Chicago, uh, Chicago playwright, uh-huh. who has written some great stuff. But it was very Harold esque because. The scenes were told out of sequence, uh-huh. so you didn't know which guy was which. You didn't know which guy was going to kill which guy, Oh, which was great. Really good. And then there was the dad and the commanding officer, and then there was the mom and the guy's best friend who didn't do anything when he knew that there was something going on between these two guys, like that these guys were at each other. And I had to cry when I confronted the commanding officer, and I hated it. I hated it. I hate, honestly. How long ago was it? Oh, just a couple years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe four years. Four, four years ago. God, the time does fly. But I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And, you know, I had my, my brother-in-law come, and my sister came, and my mom came. And they were like, it was, it was too hard to watch you cry. It was too hard to, to see that go on. But when I came out of the show every night, everybody was like, oh, when you cried. That really was the, oh, it was, oh, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> but the funny thing is, this is a little bit of like actors in Los Angeles. Every, <laughs> every actor in the play from that point on found a little place where they could cry. <laughs> uh, and I hated it, and they loved it. Like they, they wanted to. They Why wanted did you to, hate it? Oh, because it was very revealing. Oh, wait, in that way. You hated the exercise Because I was honestly... Got it. I had to honestly cry. Got it. I didn't have to fake cry and and kind of... Like stick your finger in your eyeball. Right, and and, and, and kind of just kind of bullshit my way through it. Right. Which was what I would have done in the past. Right. Definitely. But what you you crossed at that moment you crossed over into this thing that that uh, oh my god uh, I just worked with uh, with with uh, the students at Steppenwolf uh, in uh, for a month in. up in Fresno? Up, no, we, it, was, it wasn't Fresno. They moved it to Monterey Bay. So now it's in Monterey. That's really nice. nice. Much nicer. It's nice. It's all good. So I worked with these people, and the teachers that were working there, uh, Alexandra Billings, Jeff Perry, uh, Kim Rubenstein, um, and uh, 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 they're pushing the students to reach that point that you're talking about right now, to shove it. And, uh, you know, uh, Laura, uh, Laura, Laura Dickinson and... Uh, we're pushing these people to get these actors to reach that point of vulnerability, to say, go to that place, because it's hard, but it doesn't mean it's not there. Right. Oh, yeah. But I think that's a personal choice of, like, you have to have the balls to... You can't... Because, because unfortunately, I think that that happens too many times in acting classes where somebody cries, and everybody's like, oh, my God! so good right you were so good you can't, if and you, nobody can, but then everybody then the, the goal is to cry right and because, then to, to believably cry right and then I've seen people do it over and over again where right. they're just like and you know they're gonna cry right and you and then sometimes in their their recall for their scene they would cry there too right because it's like but I don't think that that's the same thing I think no, when no, no, it, no, no, when right, it right, catches right, right. you off guard, right. and you had no intention of crying. But knowing that you that there's this place in you, in within you, the artist to go, I have to tap into that every fucking night, and it's really hard to do. But I know that I could do it because I've done it, and I'm, I'm and I'm not doing it to get accolades because people think right, right, if right. you cried, you're really an actor. Right, right. If you, but it, that's not true. If you've done something like, there's so many other things that I look at and go, it's it's it's. Crying is one thing, but if you're a character that has to be convinced of something, and I watch you actually be convinced right. of it, that seems harder. Oh yeah. Oh oh oh, a hundred percent yes. But 
I feel that it gets accolades and people say, oh, that's so great when you cried. Right. And I feel that people do it as like a, almost like a stunt. Right. But I felt like to actually do it myself, I found it horrible. I did not enjoy it. I, I'd much rather make people laugh than make people cry. Or make you laugh. <laughs> exactly. Back to me saying that I just want everybody to be you have happy. The, exactly. I don't want exactly. to cry. I don't exactly. want to cry. But because that's my personality. And like, so I, I just had to get in touch with that. I had to. But I that's to a great it. gift that you've given yourself because you didn't know that you can do that. And what you're saying, like earlier, you'd stick a pin in your eye in order to make you cry or something or like you, that. Yeah, or, or just, or ape what crying should look exactly. like. Exactly. And, and nobody's doing it because I'm watching you ape that and I'm going, you're aping it. And suddenly all well, everything you you've done. you can fool. You can fool people. Yeah, I mean, but the amazing. thing is like. <laughs> right. But you know, but, that sort but of you know thing. what I mean? Like you can do it convincingly. Right. And that's the other thing that I learned about acting is like nobody can read your mind. Right. You know, right. So, so when you're out there doing it, people aren't like looking at you with a microscope. It's a lot of what they're going through. Sometimes you can do absolutely nothing. Right. And people will read all kinds of stuff. And that's, that's the shit that I fucking love. Yeah. Is just to be. And it goes back to, like. It's hard, though, because you want to force it. It's like improv. But when you're when young, somebody it's wants like, to jam it, you know, like, right. and they're like, we're going to kick it tonight. Right. And, and they force all this stuff in it falls flat because it's not happening. And nobody's being truthful then. And I'm watching you not being truthful. And and I'm going to stop you. I'm just going to stop you. Not you, but one. To go, I'm not buying it. I'm not fucking buying it. And here's the thing. Your partner needs to believe you. And if you're not being truthful in that moment, your partner doesn't know what the fuck to do because they're looking and going, why are you aping? You right. weren't aping a moment ago. Right. But the thing that's tricky is, is that as a teacher, it's really difficult to explain that to somebody because they have to, just like I was saying for myself, you have to make that decision. You have to do it. Who's you? You personally. Uh -huh. you, have to, you have to decide, yeah, I'm gonna go there. The, the actor has to decide. The actor has yes. to decide. Yes. So you can tell them they're doing it wrong or they're not in touch with it or whatever, but that's not gonna change them. Well, what you've gotta do as a teacher is make it an environment so that the student can get to that place without me going there's a right way and a wrong way right. because the way that you reach your tears is different than somebody else, the way that they reach their tears. Exactly, and that they can, that, that's, that, there's, that it's actually a good thing. It's, it's a... What's a good thing? To, 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 to take that exploration, to, to make that discovery right. is more fun right. than doing it the other way. Right. So in other words, making it enticing rather than like, no, 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 that's not the way you know, I don't buy it or, or I don't believe it, but it'd be like, it's more fun. Right. Try it. And it also shows you the depth of acting that you can get, because right now it's a trick. You're saying it's a right. trick. And that trick, I, why, I, I keep asking this question, why, not from you, but from other people, why are you doing this? Why are you acting if not to reach that other point? Yeah, you're going to make some money. Yeah, that's great. And you're going to have a career and you've got a career and you've got money and you've got all that stuff and that's all great. But at the end of the day also, you're an artist. And as an artist, and it's the reason that you are saying, you know, all those other shows, I don't want to do that improv anymore and because you want to challenge yourself right. in that way. Right. And if you're finding that you can't challenge yourself in that way, not that you can't, but you're not, then you have to some other way. And it's probably go deeper and deeper and deeper because right now, the surface that you're at, you had to dig to get to that surface. Right. And now you're comfortable with that surface. Well, you have to dig deeper to get oh, to that yeah. other surface right there. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's not pretty. It's not pretty. No, it's, it's, no. It's you going back to school. Yeah. Or to classes. 
right? But it's also, but it's not pretty, those emotions and all those things that we feel, right. we don't know how they're gonna come out. Right. We can't, but, but I can, if I'm clever, you know, I, right. I, can, I can spin it or, or make you believe that I'm that way, but it, the real thing, the really touch that stuff, gonna be no and you don't know how it's gonna come out and that's scary to me it's still scary to me but I like it because it's scary that's why I think I've done improv from the very beginning because it scared me right. it scares me it doesn't it's not that it's fun and we had a great time we there now, is that too there is that too right but honestly that came much later right it was after you scary for the longest time after you knew that after you knew that that I, I'm not gonna get cancer I'm not gonna break a leg what it will do is it will make me wake up in the morning and go, that was a shitty show last night, or I'm going to do this again, this is frightening. But what we ended up doing was going, was, for me what I ended up doing was thinking, I want to get this, I own this, and ultimately it's me that has to surrender in order to embrace all those other things. Yep. And, and that's why people love improvisation, is because it's not just a dog and pony show, it's not right. just a trick that you can do. Right. You have to be connected to you to be connected to the other person. Yep. And if you're not connected to you, and not, say, and, and not connected to you and not say, I've got, to, um, I've got to open myself up towards what Pete is thinking right now, or feeling right now, if I can't do that, then this is going to be really hard. Right. And one day you go, oh, I just have to agree with you. I just have to let go. I have to trust. I have to trust that other person. Right. We'll be fine. Good. Let's be done. Yeah? Yeah. Huh. That was really good. I love talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode was sponsored by GoDaddy. Thinking about starting a new website? GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code ADDcomedy at checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website, ADDcomedy.com. Hello, ADD Comedy Podcast listeners. Dave Rosowski here. First off, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And second off, if you've ever wanted to take a class with me but thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be around where David is, know that you can now take the virtual class at iActing. Just check our website out and there's a link there. Click on that link and that will set you up. You got to do a little hunting, but I think that it's well worth it. We'll hear you in your ears. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.